0: morning, or good evening, or good afternoon, depending upon the case, maybe, wherever you are on this rotating globe. Welcome to The Other Side of Midnight. You know, I used to say that The Other Side of Midnight, which kind of followed from Art's venerable show over many decades, was the place where really weird things were kind of happening, but that was the only place they were going on. Well, as you may have noticed... If you looked around the planet lately, um, and all kinds of very bizarre things, and something is messing with my screen, ah, are doing very strange things 24-7. In fact, tonight we're going to kind of talk about the mad, 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 mad world. Remember that movie? Because it's going on for real. No matter what we look at, no matter what we... um. Uh, you know, try to examine, it's 24-7, it's non-stop, it's relentless, it's uh, it's everything you never thought you would see, but it's happening constantly now, whether it's politics or art or science or, anyway, we, we're going to go into some more of this tomorrow night in the first hour, but tonight I want to call your attention to something that you do not want to miss here in the land of enchantment with these incredible clear skies, for two weeks I have not been able to see the comet. The best times up until a few days ago were in the dawn sky. Um, unfortunately, we have what's called a stationary high, or as they've dumbed it down for the non-meteorological crowd, a heat dome kind of over the southwest, and the rotating Winds the cyclonic rotation from a high is bringing up lots and lots of moisture from the Gulf, from the Gulf of Mexico, which is located just kind of south of us here uh, in the land of enchantment. And so in the dawn and in the evening skies, when the temperatures are cool and condensation is maxed, we have had light clouds, cirrus clouds, nimbus clouds, Cumulo nimbus cloud, every kind of cloud you can imagine, except for chemtrails, no chemtrails, but we've had cloud after cloud and and cloudy skies, and really murky I mean the humidity here has been an unconscionable sixty per cent. Ah, it's normally down around ten, maybe eight, so we have not had skies where you could go, and i I can't watch it from the house I have to actually take a trek up into the hills a bit because the the hills to the north of me and to the east of me and to the west of me kind of preclude anything near the horizon. Um, now, if you look directly west, I have a gorgeous view. And if you look directly east, there's kind of a saddleback so I can look between them to see almost due east to the horizon. But anything above or below, I have to climb a couple of hills, which entails leaving this studio and actually getting out into the desert and i could not do that this evening because obviously show prep is critical when it's on a show night fortunately it's climbing slowly up in the northwest after sunset and so tomorrow night will be a bit higher than it is tonight and the night after that will be a bit higher we come closest well technically it comes closest to us on the 23rd a little over 60 million miles away But given that it's been so brilliant as it's at the distance of the sun, 93 plus or minus million, it should get brighter and bigger. So everybody out there in the northern hemisphere or in the southern hemisphere, you will have better opportunities in the next uh, week or so to see this thing. So why am I making such a big deal of it? Because it's the first really interesting celestial comet to be seen in a generation, since 1997 to be exact, when Hale-Bopp, with all those associated mythologies graced our skies. Anyway, I'm going to do something more on the comet tomorrow night, because remember all comets are not created equal, and we have a model for the solar system which is a tad different than maybe the NASA model, at least the NASA model publicly. So among other things, tomorrow night, um, which also turns out to be the anniversary of Apollo 11, we're in the Apollo 11 window once again, 51 years ago tonight. Neil and Buzz and Mike were en route for the first time in modern human history to the surface of the moon. Well, two guys. Mike stayed in orbit. Uh, And we'll go into a bit more of that tomorrow night, given that anniversaries are kind of cool, and given that there's a few unsung things that I do want to bring up about Apollo 11. Even after all these years, we're still learning new things about Apollo 11. So if you want to kind of follow along with the bouncing ball, uh, what you're going to want to do tonight is go to The Other Side of Midnight. That's our URL, theothersideofmidnight.com. Click on tonight's banner, which says, with this remarkable photograph of the uh, USS Bonhomme-Richard, the mini-aircraft carrier which burned for four days in the San Diego Naval Yard. Four days for a ship fire that should have been put out in an hour. We're going to get into that in more detail tonight, because there are some very interesting synchronicities, quinky dinkies, as a friend of Kinthea's used to say, or plain planning. We'll bring that up in the conversation in the next few minutes. Anyway, you'll want to go to theothersideofmidnight.com, click on tonight's banner, Trump's Secret War, Connecting More Dots. That will take you to the guest page for Christopher Knowles. Scroll down, right under uh, my, my little um, uh, promo there, or you can also click on the um, uh, FAST links, which are somewhere near the top. Okay, it's right under Radio with Pictures. That will take it to my items. Number one is a stunning, we're going to talk about this tomorrow night, but a stunning <clears throat> image, video image, set of images, from the International Space Station on Comet Wise. What you are in this video, which you want to watch on a really big screen, and have really good speakers and turn it up loud and just kind of sit there because it will take you to another place a place of timelessness a place of celestial peace and eternity and connection to the cosmos i mean this is really really well done and before the end of the show i will um remember who actually did this this was done with nasa data but it's a private guy who really can make super great space videos and i'll get his name before the end of the show and give it to you um but you're gonna click on that that's item number one in radio with pictures under my items tonight and just kind of be mesmerized because as you're literally orbiting in real time over the night side of the earth cities passing under you twinkling off various parts of the space station that are visible on the left-hand side, the right-hand side. As the orbit progresses during this video, ultimately, about three minutes, thirty seconds in, thirty-three anyone, the comet rises, tail first. Right after, on the other side of the screen, a very familiar asterism called the Pleiades, rises. And I'll do more, you know, what's going on tomorrow night, but if you want to treat yourself, please do that. Now, if you want to treat yourself for real, you go to item number two, which is posted right under that. This is a how-to kit from earthsky.org of how to find the comet. And as I said a moment ago, you know, I've had bad luck because the skies of New Mexico have not, shall we say, complied. Now, fortunately, we got many more days, so I'm going to keep at it, and uh, maybe by next weekend I will be able to report good news. Um, can't do it tomorrow night because we have to prep for the show with uh, Dr. Samas Monagich in Bosnia, and that's going to be a little bit of discussion and preparation. But I will try Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, and next weekend I will report. In the meantime, if anybody's got any interesting images they're taking... I mean, we literally reach people all over the world, 190-some countries. If anybody out there takes a really good shot or a set of shots of the uh, comet Neowise, why don't you email them to us? We'll set up a special gallery so that I at least can see what you guys are seeing, even if I can't see it. Um, So, yeah, just email it to us, to the show, attach it to uh, your email, and uh, I think that will work. Um, If it doesn't, you'll tell me, and tomorrow night I will correct this. I may give you a special email to send it to. And we'll post a few of the best shots, and if you have any little stories to go with it, you know, what you did to get the right view, the right picture, the right image, uh, we'll put that up too. Because this is literally a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity, and it may not be totally, oh, what should I say? it may not be totally natural. Okay, moving on. Item number three. Um, We lost an extraordinary human being uh, yesterday, uh, John Lewis, who has literally been called the conscience of the Congress, who made his chops decades ago crossing the Pettus Bridge when the stormtroopers of the Alabama State Patrol cut him down beat him within an inch of his life, um, made him almost a martyr to the cause. I mean, this is someone who stood 100% foursquare over decade after decade after decade for the promise of the Constitution. All men and women, regardless of color, are created equal under law. John Lewis lived uh, those words he, His life was an extraordinary tour de force of someone who followed a dream, who followed his conviction, who followed his conscience. And so item number three, uh, President Obama had some very interesting words about John Lewis, which I thought you might like to read. Item number four, as you know, last week, uh, particularly on Sunday night, we cut to a Uh, live video coming to us from San Diego, the San Diego Naval uh, Shipyard, showing one of the U.S. aircraft carriers, technically an amphibious uh, vessel, uh, but it's really a mini-aircraft carrier, almost 25,000 tons, uh, with cavernous well decks, carrying helicopters and even F-35s. This ship, called the Bonhomme Richard, which in fact was named after um, uh, Ben Franklin's uh, Poor Richard's Almanac, <clears throat> with a homage to the French, um, was suddenly set on fire by some strange and bizarre circumstance at 8.30 on that Sunday morning, one week ago minus one day. A fire which should have been able to be put out in an hour or two hours according to all the experts I've checked, took them four days to put out. Now, why is this interesting in the context of what we're going to talk about tonight? Because I think we're in the midst of an interplanetary war. I've said that before. I've marshaled a variety of evidence. Uh, We're going to talk about some of that tonight with Chris. Um, And I think that this is only the latest of a set of signals coming to us via the U.S. Navy that, in fact, something is really radically wrong. And our government not only is not telling us what's really going on, they're doing all kinds of things to deflect us and distract us from what's really going on, up to and including maybe the sabotage of one of the fleet. And if you think that's far-fetched, well, the Bonhomme Richard was John Paul Jones' flagship in a very famous battle with the HMS Serapis, which the Richard won, but at the cost of losing the ship. So if you scroll down to number five here's a composite image I put together showing the current Bonhomme Richard burning in the San Diego Naval Yard just after sunset and in the upper left corner is an inset, an artist's conception of the uh, bonhomme richard that john paul jones commandeered renamed fought a splendid battle and then lost when she sank on fire attached literally with grappling hooks to the serapis at the end of the battle there may be another trail of dots to connect there as chris and i will be discussing shortly And finally, I could not resist this because there's a tremendous amount of controversy over Dr. Anthony Fauci. There are people who claim he's a savior. There are people who claim that he's merely a mouthpiece for big pharma. And they're all trying to corral us in the tent so that we have to take this vaccine they're working on. And it will make billions for the pharmaceutical industry. And Dr. Fauci will come off, you know, with a very large bank account surreptitiously because of it and all that. Well, as you know, several weeks ago I put up a video showing Fauci at the end of one of the um, uh, White House coronavirus briefings, and there was a very curious, shall we say, interlude between Fauci leaving the stage and a major correspondent from the White House for CNN. And they seemed to exchange masonic hand signs so when i ran across this briefing uh from uh, stanford of dr fauci giving another one of his you know multiple briefings on the covid 19 situation now that the president has kind of drummed him out of the white house press room and not allowed him to do any briefings from behind the podium there at the white house I was really intrigued to see this bit of video from Stanford showing Fauci on Skype being interviewed. I believe this was um, by uh, uh, the Facebook folks um, the other day. And if you look at that picture, and you can click on it, it gets bigger. I mean, the the emblem, the seal of the National Institutes of um, infectious disease and um, health is just really bizarre. Because it looks like in this... um, He was interviewed by Mark Zuckerberg, by the way. It's really, really bizarre because it makes it look like the good doctor is wearing a crown. I mean, that's absolutely bizarre. And as you'll notice in all the interviews, he's done more than one over the last several weeks that he's been kind of banned from being officially speaking from the white house he's always photographed whether it's the atlantic magazine or zuckerberg or networks or whatever he's always interviewed sitting in this very throne-like chair against the backdrop of this uh this insignia for the national institute and it makes it look like some kind of ancient Grecian crown made of gold um in in terms of symbology, it's just weird. So tonight, what we thought we would do is to bring in you know one of the experts in weird, my old friend uh, Christopher Loring Knowles, who is a symbolist who has written several award-winning books, and who has probably more information at his fingertips that he's forgotten about symbology and media and in institutions and in national politics and Hollywood and all that than the rest of us will ever know. So without further ado, let me bring Chris on. He is the author of the Eagle Award-winning Our God's Were Spandex, The Secret History of Comic Book Heroes. He is co-author of The Complete X-Files, Behind the Series, The Myths, and The Movies, and author of The Secret History of Rock and Roll, The Mysterious Roots of Modern... You know, Chris, we ought to do a show on rock and roll some night. We really ought to really change pace, since everybody is up to their eyebrows in COVID-19. And we ought to do a musical show playing examples of the connections between the ancient history of rock and roll and what's going on now. So kind of put that on your on your notepad there and, and we'll think of an appropriate time. Chris was also the associate editor and columnist for the five time Eisner Award winning comic book artist magazine, as well as a writer and reviewer for the UK magazine Classic Rock. He's appeared all over. He writes an incredibly important blog called The Secret Sun. And so without further ado, Chris, welcome back to the other side of midnight. Great to be here, thank you, sir. We well, should talk
1: about rock and roll. We
0: sure. should we definitely should, since I was among my other many, many hats that I used to wear, actually member of a performing group that was on Columbia Records. I don't know whether you ever knew that.
1: You never told me that before that is <laughs> brand new information, sir. <laughs> See, one
0: surprise per
1: show. You've okay. been holding out. okay, you've been holding out, keeping it
0: secret. We are living in the Twilight Zone. I mean, really, we are in the damn effing Twilight Zone And I had to, to quote some of what I used for the promo tonight From one of your um, Secret Sun posts I had to clean up the language a little bit Because this is a family show But we are so far beyond the edge of the paper That I don't know anybody who's been here before You know, Gene and his classic, you know uh, To boldly go where no one has gone well, we are definitely following in Gene Roddenberry's footsteps because we're, we're all going, all over the planet, all seven-plus billion of us tonight. I don't think we have been here, and I really don't think we've even been here 100 years ago with the uh, so-called Spanish flu. I think we are charting totally new territory that maybe this planet has now occupied for the last, wait for it, 26 Thousand years So where do we want to begin
1: Mr. Knowles Well I just want to back it up a bit to the Bonhomme Richard because Ah. you sort of You you sort of glossed over the whole thing With the Serapis because Serapis of course Is Osiris Serapis was the Greco-Egyptian I mean it was actually ordered by uh, Alexander the Great because there was so much Fighting um, Among Greeks and Egyptians In Alexandria that this new god was created, which was um, Serapis. And Serapis sort of took the place of Osiris in, you know, when the uh, the cult of Isis was um, raging through the, uh, the Roman Empire. And he was a very, you know, more of a familiar figure as far as looking more like Zeus and so on. And the Serapis, the Apis bull and so on. So I think that's rather, <laughs> you know, from my neck of the woods, that's rather interesting that that the uh, the original Bonhomme, Richard was uh, sunk by the Serapis, um, but the uh, dates are are kind of interesting too. Oh, also there were um, the day the fire erupted, seventeen sailors were taking taken to the hospital, and of course we've talked a lot a lot about seventeen. Oh, yeah. uh, and of course uh, we're in the dog days, um, you know, we're in the the time where you know the where traditionally cirrus would rise on the horizon uh, which would kick off the dog days in, in ancient Egypt and in the ancient world. So that's interesting timing as well. Um, and then these, these two days, the 12th and the, the 13th, is, you know, as far as Masonic connections are concerned, um, and in AD 70 uh, on the, the 12th, the day the, st- the fire started, the second temple of Jerusalem was destroyed by Titus. Uh, Who was the Roman general who had uh, conquered um, Jerusalem during the the uprisings there? And then, if you this is very strange too, because the 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 next day, uh, July thirteenth, in five eighty seven BC, Babylon had destroyed uh, Solomon's Temple. Hmm. So, and, and of course, very interesting footnote here is that if you look at 7 713 which would be the anniversary of the destruction of solomon's temple uh, reversed that would be 317 which takes us back to you know of course the death of osiris and the lamentations of of isis and nephthys uh on the the 17th day of the third month uh, which is you know different because their calendar uh was different. It worked differently. This would be the third month of following the uh, inundation of the Nile. So, uh, just very interesting. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but just those. Uh, you know, the connections to um, the the old, the good old uh, trinity of um, crypto Masonic adoration being, you know, symbolically connected to this really kind of gets my attention. Uh, you know, I, I'm always wondering what exactly is going on, what 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 are we seeing, and what is real, and what might be ritual. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that per se about this. This might be, a, you know, an, an issue of uh, synchronicity at work here, but I just think that's uh, really fascinating that we have uh, multiple connections to um, that uh, late antiquity, trinity of uh, Serapis, Isis, well, when, when and Horus. When you
0: look at the formation of the U.S. Navy, John Paul Jones, Mason, you know, par excellence.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, Scottish, too, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the Navy, which was one of only two services which are really constitutional in the sense that they go back to the founding of the nation, the Army, George Washington, 33rd degree Mason, there's a damn statue in a Courtyard in Washington D.C., just down the street from the White House, which celebrates first Masonic connections for George. And then they kind of mention on the on the bottom of the bust, which I've posted many times in past years. You know, oh, and he also was first president, which lets you know which order they thought it was important. So you've got both services headed by Masonic, you know, uh, seniority. And the Navy now has been up to its, you know, fo'c's'les in UFO lore, which is going to be a major part of our discussion weaving in and out tonight. I mean, Mm. remember what happened just after the president was elected, this current president, Donald J. Trump? Suddenly, the New York Times comes out with a cover feature above-the-fold story in December of 2017 the first year of Trump's administration, extolling with video the encounter by the Nimitz and then later another aircraft carrier with something called Tic Tacs, which were really bizarre, exotic aircraft without wings, without airfoils, with nothing but, you know, control of gravity, able to descend from 80,000, 90,000 feet to the deck to the ocean surface in seconds, according to the uh, pilots that were trying to figure out what they were seeing. And there's FLIR footage, there's infrared, there's there's video, and it all was kind of dumped on the public as part of an official Navy operation that witnessed and recorded all this. Then there's the Academy to the Stars, you know, the, the guy named DeLong. There's a whole series of specials on... I forget whether it was Discover Channel or Travel Channel or history, uh, probably History Channel, you know, making a big deal of this. And are we at war obliquely as the series wound on with somebody from upstairs? So the U.S. Navy is foremost and center in a reawakening and a deepening of the credibility of the whole idea of unidentified flying objects being intelligently controlled by somebody And then a ship of the line, another aircraft carrier based in San Diego, suddenly catches on fire and there's an explosion that is heard 13 miles away after the fire starts. If that doesn't spell sabotage, I don't know what does.
1: Well, and also don't forget, one of the things that we can discuss is that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested on World UFO Day, <laughs> which I find to be like such a strange day to arrest her. I mean, they, they'd known that she was up in the woods in New Hampshire there for quite some time, and they, they chose that day to, uh, to bust her. And then the next day, the um, executive director of MUFON is arrested in, uh, I think in Manhattan Beach uh, for... Uh, Sexual I'm sorry Huntington Beach For uh, You know One of these stings Where he's trying to arrange uh, Sexual liaison With an underage girl So uh, That's a very strange One-two punch There as well So there's a lot Of strange things Going on um, You know And that we can dig into After the break
0: Hmm Well
1: I must say It's It's all very peculiar
0: And it's going to get More and more peculiar So if you Uh Fasten your seatbelts and kind of hang around. We're going to take a ride, as Art used to say, over the rainbow, beyond the galaxy, into the black hole, and maybe we'll never return. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and hopefully we shall return. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Other Side of Midnight. On this Saturday, July 18th of 2020, God, the year is its, it's, it's more than half gone. Just poof. And it feels like 20 years. Okay, Chris, um, where should we begin? Because I like to do something that's a little chronological so people don't get totally lost because there's a lot to get lost in here. And we're going to connect dots. People are going to start out by saying... Are those guys nuts? And then you're going to see the big reveal and the fact that, no, we're not pulling pulling this out of our places where the sun does not shine. It actually does connect. But you said the magic word. How much of it is it by design? And how much of it is this synchronicity of living in a universe which, frankly, appears to have gone stark raving
1: mad? Well, can I bring it back to the Bonham Richard again? Absolutely. Because I, I just thought of another strange connection. So, aside from all these uh, Masonic connections and Egyptian mystery connections, we also have the fact. You know, you had mentioned that the uh, Neo Wise Comet is the brightest that we've seen with the naked eye since Hale in 1997. So, what happened in 1997 in San Diego? Do you do you remember having to do with uh, Hale Bopp? Yeah, it was called Heaven's
0: Gate. And 39, twice times 19.5, of the cult members conveniently committed suicide as the comet was streaming across the March skies of 97. And the cult was headed by a man and a woman who, it turned out, were deep, deep CIA cover agents all along. And what the hell was going on with all that? (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a good question, but I just think it's very interesting that we have this um fire, this devastating fire on this uh I, I guess it's the a wasp class yep. subcarrier, right? Yeah. So we have this uh in the naval yard and then And um, guess
0: what? Guess what? They had this 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 ship has been in dry dock, well, no, not technically, for 2 years. They've been doing about 250 million dollars worth of refurbishments and upgrades and all that. <laughs> And as part of this, they had conveniently disconnected the onboard Halon fire suppression system. So instead of taking an hour to kill this thing, it took them four days, and something like 60 sailors and um, uh, civilians at the end had bouts with the hospital, you know, from inhalation, heat exhaustion, burns, whatever, thank God nobody died. But who in their right mind disconnects a fire suppression system on a ship when fire on a ship is the worst nightmare
1: that a sailor can ever experience? Well, that's an excellent question, and that's where I start to wonder. I mean, I start to wonder because, you know, in ancient lore, the comets were commonly associated with bad luck, with bad events, changes in government, you know, major changes in in society, sometimes with plagues.
0: Well, the whole term you know, "disaster comes from dis meaning "bad star in latin
1: well that's what i'm saying so you you, you kind of have to wonder i mean that is very suspicious to me that that the uh, fire suppression system would be disconnected um Conveniently this whole si- disconnected yeah, and then this whole situation with with Halobop. I mean one of the things that people forget about hale is um, when the Heaven's Gate cult were getting ready to commit their mass suicides, um, what did you have, you know, a little ways down the road? You had the Phoenix Lights. Uh, the Phoenix Lights had started, I guess, on March 13th. Um, They had finally uh, committed suicide starting on the 25th, which would be 12 days later. So I'm not even – I don't know if they were even aware of that because I'm not sure if it made the national news at that point in time. But, you know, Heaven's Gate, I've really been fascinated with that group for a long time. But they were um, tied up with a lot of military contracts and stuff for their web development. I believe they had links to the First Earth Army um, the house that they were renting from, the uh, landlord had some sort of connection to 9-11. That's, you know, it's a bit tortured and hard to explain, but, you know, it's definitely there.
0: Well, there's another so, connection that I that resonates with me. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who, of course, played Uhuru on Star Trek in all the original films and in all the movies, um, her brother died as one of the that's,
1: 39. That's correct. So, you know, it's a very strange thing, you know, you kind of have to wonder. Um, one, you know, one of the things, one of my hobby horses, and, and maybe it's a little esoteric, too esoteric for your, um, for your audience, or some of your audience at least, is that, you know, I believe that mass rituals, mass rituals are, are, are a very common event, it's, it's something that I've been studying in depth and I can sort of trace back uh, when the what I call the modern era of, of mass rituals started. And you know, you look at these things, and you know, there's a whole cottage industry of of bloggers and people on YouTube. When they look at all these uh, Super Bowl halftime events and all these award ceremonies, that are just filled with all this um, symbolism. That's you know that you, you know, see even what amateurs you see. Can... What you and
0: I have started. I mean, we were lone voices in the wilderness decades ago, looking at this stuff, and now everybody thinks they're a symbolist expert and they take apart everything.
1: And of course, they get most things wrong because you've got to do your homework. Well, that's what I'm saying with this Bonham Richard thing. I mean, I have no reason to believe that it was anything but a terrible accident. But you know, I just the way I've seen these things unfold, and I'm not again, I'm not saying that. You know, I just want to be clear that I'm not saying it's going to happen in this event. But um, given the symbolism around this, and you know, like I said, the links to the Serapis and so on. And the, the long-held superstition about comets and so on, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be everybody. You know, there's this whole mentality that you see in some of these uh, bloggers and YouTubers that we're, we're, we're mentioning is that they—it's like, oh, it's everybody in the government. You know what I mean? I mean, how many people does it take to start no, a fire? Oh, that's the—that's the big charade. It only takes a couple
0: few. And everybody else, of course, is never going to go there, so they're completely oblivious. They're doing their job. They're doing their thing. You can count on that the system will roll on predictably if one or two people at key positions make a few small changes like cutting off the Halon fire suppression system under the cover of,
1: oh, we're redoing the ship. Of course, we have to take out the plumbing to re- see what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's and that's what I'm saying. You know, whenever these kind of synchronicities and the symbolism pops up, it just gets my, you know, it gets my back up a little. It gets my radar pinging because I've just seen it so often. And, you know, when all the excitement dies down and, and things just sort of settle in. And people have the you know the benefit of hindsight and you know the the benefit of time passing. I, I, more people seem to acknowledge that something fishy might be going on. Uh, today we had the um, the burning of the cathedral at Nantes.
0: Yes, I was going to do something with that, but I didn't have time to do any real research. This comes about a year after the you know extraordinary burning of Notre Dame, which again was dismissed as a. Fire on the roof From guys redoing the roof Which I don't believe For a second
1: No, I No, there's definitely A a campaign You know, certainly in France I know a lot of people Blame it on Muslim extremists And so on And you know That might be true But No, no, no,
0: no That's another false trail
1: Well, that's what I'm saying This is so much deeper
0: I mean, look You connecting The Serapis That battle Which made John Paul Jones Which literally Made the U.S. Navy which made the United States, these are dots on a chain that is incredibly meaningful to only a certain few. And everybody else just dismisses it as, oh, coincidence.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, again, this has been a very strange month. It started with this, this arrest of of Ghislaine. And I, I, I was just so struck by this because they originally reported it as that she was arrested in Bedford. And I know where Bedford is. Bedford is near uh, Mystery Hill, a.k.a. um, Okay, before we get into
0: the details, we need to, for people who have been living under a rock for the last four years and don't know anything about anything, we need to give them a kind of a thumbnail. Who is, you know, Maxwell? Who is Epstein? Why are we connecting dots? And what does this have to do with New Hampshire?
1: Okay, so there was a, a, a financier or a banker. I'm not his. His, his source job. of
0: income is incredibly murky, and yes. the bottom line is: how can a guy have billions of dollars with no visible means of support? And uh, frankly, everybody seems to think that he was simply blackmailing all these very rich people by getting them in bed with kids, and that's
1: how he made his money. Well, yes. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, like a Mossad agent had said that he was their handler and he was running this operation. And then you also hear that Ghislaine Maxwell, who is the daughter of uh, a guy named Robert Maxwell, who is not only a very prominent British um newspaper publisher, but he was also actively uh, an agent for Mossad. He was actually acting on their behalf, and then he died under very suspicious circumstances in 1991, and then it turned out that just like uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who died last summer, that his uh, sources of income were very uh, murky, and he had ended up embezzling uh, hundreds of millions of dollars from the his employees' pensions funds, and that was a whole big to-do. So these people are swimming in very murky waters, but, you know, um, both of them were uh, very tight with the Clintons. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell, who was arrested again on July 2nd, was invited to uh, the daughter's wedding there. Um, You know, it was said that she had gone on, um, on vacation with her, and there's a number of different anecdotes. Wait, wait, you, that,
0: mean, you mean Hillary went on vacation with with, uh,
1: uh, um, No, the daughter. Oh, no, oh the da- Chelsea, the, Chelsea. Chelsea, that's exactly right, yes. So that... You know that information has come out that um, when she was arrested, Chelsea Clinton had kind of um, disowned her and, and denied that she knew her all that well. And then it turns out she she did know her actually pretty well and had gone on vacation with her. Well, didn't so,
0: didn't wh- Bill fly on on Epstein's private airplane to the island this this you know notorious island something like a dozen or more times?
1: Well, he's listed in the flight logs 26 times, and that's to Little St. James, uh, which is in the, uh, in the U.S. Virgin Island chain. So, yeah, there's, there's been a number, and, but there's been a number of other people that have been linked to this. And actually, a number of people um, prominent in the scientific community were compromised by Epstein. people like Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, um, Marvin Minsky, a, a whole wait, host of Well Wait, wait, wait. Of,
0: My uh, old friend Marvin was part of that crowd? Yes. He is now deceased.
1: Yes, he is. Well so, yes.
0: before we paint with a very broad brush, I don't want to do that tonight. If you're at floating up to this level of money, power, politics, influence, an awful lot of this stuff can go on with nobody playing really understanding the deeper levels. So just because you have a whole bunch of famous people kind of hobnobbing with this guy and going to his island and all that does not mean they're all child perverts, okay?
1: No, I, I agree with that. I, I th- See, that, that's the thing, is that he, he would throw a lot of parties. These people were very prominent in social circles. Exactly. So I, I, I don't think that if you show... But in Minsky's case, um, one of the um, women who had... Testified uh, against Epstein in, in the trial had, had cited Minsky as one of the um, people that had, had been involved in the uh, sex operations mm. on Little St. James. So um, I'm you know, really it, shocked, I'm
0: really shocked because I knew
1: Marvin very well. I stayed at
0: their house in, um, in Cambridge. Uh, Marvin introduced me to the internet, which was ARPANET back then. Uh, I had him on one of my ship cruises, you know, the uh, voyage beyond Apollo. Um, I knew his wife was a doctor, very well-known doctor, really good doctor um if 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 he's really involved or was involved, he's now dead, of course. Uh, I would be very personally shocked.
1: Well, I don't blame you. I mean, but how, how well do you know people at the end of the day? And again, I yeah, mean, I'm exactly... Yeah, exactly,
0: and especially when you're 18, 19, and just coming up and trying to learn what's going on in the world at that professional level. I mean, maybe... And people also change. You know, it's... it's life tosses people in weird
1: directions. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, Harvard and Yale and MIT and, and a number of, of very prominent... Uh, institutions took took Epstein's money, or, or the money, who knows whose money it actually was. Uh, there's a lot of talk that his money came from uh, a uh, super, uh, not a supermarket, I'm sorry, a department store magnate named uh, Les Wexner, who's the richest man in Ohio, and, and it seems to be that... Um, a lot of uh, Epstein's money was coming from him. But there's a lot of also people saying that uh, Epstein was just kind of a doofus and a pervert and that Ghislaine Maxwell, who was recently arrested, was, was actually the, the person running the operations. And oh. In fact, one of the girls that was involved in uh, what they call, um, I guess they call Peto Island, but Little St. James, where he had this very strange, uh, Epstein had this very strange Temple-looking building with a gold dome and and blue and white stripes it was a very strange-looking thing. It looked very Babylonian, uh, but you know, the point is is that Ghislaine Maxwell, who was very closely linked, uh, she was Epstein's lover, and again, she's been named as his accomplice and or handler in a lot of these operations, was arrested. Um, even though she, her whereabouts were, were generally well known, she was involved. Well, wait, with... wait, wait, wait!
0: You're, you're you're jumping around, which I don't want to do tonight. We've got to be somewhat logical. Epstein is arrested for the second time,
1: a couple years ago, oh, maybe last t- year. L- see, last year. See
0: how time flies when you're not having fun.
1: Yeah, last July. I, I, I remember the date well, because I was in uh, Los Angeles giving a deposition that day. So Right.
0: And, and he is indicted by the Southern District. He's slapped into jail in Manhattan, supposedly a federal facility, where he then commits suicide conveniently. But she, <clears throat> his sidekick, his Cherche La Femme, etc., etc., Ghislaine Maxwell, she disappears And there's all kinds of rumors that she's in the Antarctic, she's somewhere in Switzerland, she's, you know, fled to Moscow, she's anywhere but where they ultimately found her, which was in a little $2 million cottage
1: in New Hampshire. Yes, and and the location of that is something we can talk about in a minute. But she had previously been spotted in Manchester by the sea, which is on Cape Ann in Massachusetts. and that's uh, part of what is called by a lot of fans as of Lovecraft Country because he had set a lot of his stories there, and, and you know, either the actual towns or fictionalized ver- versions there too. Um, there are some people who believe that Manchester by the Sea was the actual location of Innsmouth in the uh, the short story, very famous short story, The Shadow over Innsmouth. But she was apparently there with uh, a CEO, a tech CEO named Scott Borgensen, who um, runs a, a company called Cargometrics and was funding her operation. She had a uh, something called Terramar which was, uh, you know, apparently like a foundation to save the oceans and so on. And f- fascinatingly enough, and we can tie this in to other people that are going to show up in this story, she had a submarine pilot's license, which just boggles my <laughs> mind. Um, she's actually, you know... I kind of let mine lap, so, you know... <laughs> yes, um, so um, she, there's a lot of talk that she was actually married to the Scott Borgenson. Uh, this this tech CEO, and and they had interviewed uh, his father, who' he's apparently estranged from. But he has a big mansion on the coast of Cape Ann at, in Manchester by the sea. So she was um, believed to be there, and the next day there was a, a, a picture taken of her in Universal City in California. But some people believe the picture was photoshopped, and she never left you know that northeast area between uh, Manchester and where she was eventually arrested in 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 Bradford. Uh, which is up in the mountains there. Um, You know, very beautiful location, you know, Piney Piney Mountain, Piney Woods, uh, really very scenic and and beautiful, but there's absolutely no one up there, and there's absolutely nothing else going on up there. So a very strange place for her to be, but I guess if you want to kind of hide in plain Mm. sight, that's where you do it. But, you know, the thing is, too, is that, you know, the FBI had known – where she was for some time and then there was a controversy where uh Trump's I guess Bill Barr had forced out a uh an attorney general at, at the SDNY and you mean the US just US attorney for the Southern District Yeah, Berman. I yeah, guess Berman. his name was yep, Berman. Yep, yep. And uh as soon as he was out the door his successor had signed the arrest order for for Glenn. So there's a lot of talk that he was holding up the order and uh she was she was then arrested. Um, wait,
0: wait 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 wait. If if we're looking at this symbolically, it seems to me if they knew where she was and they, you know, had her spotted and tracked
1: and all that, they were waiting for the appropriate ritual time. Well, that's 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 my next point is that she was arrested on the anniversary of the first uh, I guess the first radar return uh, at Corona, right? You know, people uh-huh. always say Roswell, but it wasn't actually Roswell. No, it was no, Corona. No. It's Corona, New Mexico, not Roswell. Yeah. On the, things the plains of San Augustine, where the uh, debris fields had appeared. have been there
0: many times. There's a brilliant telescope array called the Very Large Array, which sits there on the plains of St. Augustine, which I've been to. Actually, you know, lay down on the grass underneath the antennas, to listen to the wind sing in the antennas. It's an amazing place. It's there at Corona.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, that's something that I pointed out when this whole Corona thing started, and, and everybody was sort of like, oh, that's interesting. But I, I think it's taken on a lot more meaning and significance now. So she was arrested on World UFO Day, where it's just really just caught my attention because the first really good ufo sighting i had was in new hampshire it was crossing over the border in new hampshire uh to uh in june of 2015 we were going to celebrate my grandmother's 100th birthday and we saw a plane taken off from manchester airport being harried by these two orange orbs uh it, we saw it clear as day it was like right over our heads because we're coming up 93 and that's right near the airport and and it looked like these these two orange orbs trying to get this plane to crash. It was the strangest goddamn thing I've ever seen. But there's been a lot of sightings, and you can see some videos and such on YouTube of, of the, uh, the orange now, orbs. Where, where, when, did you, when
0: did you have your sighting?
1: Uh, June of, I believe it was June sixteenth, 2015. Oh, so it was relatively recently. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was real. You know, my whole family—well, not my whole family, but my my wife and daughter had seen it as well, and we just couldn't believe what we we're seeing because we really got a good eye fill. It was very, very bizarre. So anyhow, so she was arrested on uh, July second again, which is World UFO Day, and also the anniversary of the crash of Corona, or maybe it wasn't the crash, but I think it was the first radar return. I mean. It's the timeline's a bit wiggy, but then of course the next day, Jan Harzen, who is the uh, international director of MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, uh, was arrested in Huntington Beach uh, in a, in a sex sting. Now the thing that I found really interesting about that is that Harzen had been um, a very controversial figure because some of his uh, regional directors were saying some offensive things on on social media and such, so. Uh, with the fact that ufology is kind of, I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. It's it's this it's almost like there's this vacuum that's being sucked up into this, this uh, to the Stars Academy operation, which is got all kinds Well, yeah, if you knock of off people. all the opposition
0: and you want a managed disclosure, what what uh, Ehrlichman member uh, Nixon used to call the limited hangout. If you want to control the conversation and the dialogue vis-a-vis extraterrestrials and what's been flying around in the skies and doing weird things in front of the Navy and the fleet and the Nimitz and all that, you've got to eliminate the opposition so you're the only voice left standing. And it looks to me like this MUFON guy was
1: targeted as an op. Well, that's very possible. I mean, I'm not exactly sure. But it also could be that, you know, his... But remember, the same well-
0: thing was happened to Wendell Stevens. Remember how Wendell Stevens was locked away for I don't know how many years based on child pornography? And what had he been investigating more in-depth than anybody else on the planet?
1: Well, no, see, that's not true. I mean, the the, the Wendell Stevens thing was, uh, was actually a prostitution bust that he was found with uh, underage... Uh, prostitutes. It wasn't a pornography thing. So I mean, I, I get the point, but um, it could be right, but it also could be that maybe this 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 guy was this was his normal activities or his usual activities, and they were tolerated for a time until it came to be time to get rid of him. And that's something that I, you know, when the the arrest became public, that's something that I blogged, uh, uh, tweeted about that. I'm just saying, you know, it could be what it looks like, but it also could be that they just want to get rid of this guy because the uh, To the Stars Academy nexus seems to be taking control of the entire field now. Uh, You know, you had Bob Bigelow and his NIDS operation that were funding a a lot of, um, you know, people like Roger Lear and Jacques Vallée and, and all kinds of people that were getting money from... From Bigelow, and then Bigelow seems to be taking more of a back seat, and this DeLong project, which is a DeLong project in name only, it seems to be run by Christopher Mellon, who is uh, of the famous Pittsburgh Mellon family, Ah. but it was also, yeah, it was also, uh, you know, pretty well known, pretty prominent uh, mover and shaker in intelligence circles, and there's all kinds of intelligence people. Uh, And also Lockheed people, Uh, the guy who had ran uh, Skunk Works is is also on the board of that program. The guy, you know, of course uh, Hal Putoff, who had run the SRI remote viewing program for 25 years, he's on the uh, the board of this. Uh, Jim Semivan, uh, Luis Alizondo, and 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 all kinds of people, very heavy hitters. So uh, move on. If MUFON's in the way, uh, <laughs> you could see maybe well, it's, that what, was...
0: it's what they did decades before when they totally decapitated uh, practically literally uh, NICAP, you know, which was a very effective real civilian agency looking to UFOs in the 50s and 60s, and it had a whole bunch of top brass. Admirals Hill and Cotter and others were part of the board, and they quietly got rid of Kehoe... And then it became a captured program. It looks to me like history is repeating itself because you can't have independent
1: voices when the you-know-what hits the rotating kitchen appliance. Well, that's very true. And and bringing up NICAP, we can talk about uh, Rear Admiral Herbert Bain Knowles when we get into the significance of where... Gailane was living where she was traveling around uh, because I, I don't think that that was an accident. I don't think she was just in the area, in New, in that area of New Hampshire, just on a whim. And we can look at the maps and look at the alignments okay. there. And uh, we I have I, I, we I have uh, two hours. My guest this morning is
0: Chris Knowles. We're looking at a lot of events that are making headlines, but there's another side to the story. There's a hidden, deep deep set of dots to be revealed. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland, and we're going to try to unravel these dots in the next two hours, so we shall return. Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed That contains these enhanced show recordings and you'll be able to download the mp3 files directly from the archive if you prefer as a club 19.5 member you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports we'll be adding exclusive new features to club 19.5 as we go forward and boy have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks so please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out.